Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling way better. We won and I played, I played well, so... Finally, we put it together, those, those two things. I mean, we started a game with, uh, with the offense for me. I get in a game with the easy two and, and, and two free throws. So that really, really helped me to get my, my rhythm back. There's Bojan Bogdanovic. He has a big game, 28 points. He turned an ankle. His wrist was uh, clearly iced up. It almost looked like a cast after the game. It had so much wrapping on it. But... They won, and he scored 28 points, and it's a basketball player. It's about as good as it gets, PK. Yes, it is. It is really good. I appreciate the opportunity to play basketball. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's a new year, but you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. Okay, that part I believe. That part <laughs> I'll sign off on. <laughs> The Jazz shooting the ball really well. When they shoot the ball like that, PK, they ought to win comfortably. And they, as you like to not say, jumped on them early. Up by 10 after a quarter, 14 at the half. It was 30 in the third quarter. And it's a 130-109 win because they couldn't miss. They really, they really just were awesome. Yeah, the Spurs aren't very good, so I was expecting a win not that easy. But at the same time, you look at a number of teams, and if you shoot the ball like that, it really puts you in a category of, well, yeah, you're going to win. It's just a question of how consistently can you do that because there's a number of teams, and we'll just stick with the West since that's what it's all about for the Jazz from their perspective. I mean, I can go through five, six teams that if they shoot the ball like that, I'm virtually guaranteeing a victory. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Mavericks. Who else? Well, see, the, the thing Warriors, about the... I guess, after the way Steph Curry just shot it, we'll get to that. My point with the Lakers, though, is they don't necessarily need to shoot like that to Agreed. win. Agreed, but if you and, shoot 51% from three and 55% from the floor, which the Jazz did, come on, how often well, you lose? And Charlotte's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at teams that are trying to achieve something maybe a little bit above what they're expected to do. And for the Jazz to get to the Western Conference Final, I think a lot of folks would say that's above something that they should do. How can they get there? The Lakers just basically have to play their game to get there. I don't think they have to play above what they're expected to do. And I would put the Clippers in there in that situation, okay. too. So you're talking there, about you, the Suns and the gargantuan leap, listening to Phoenix Radio and reading people who write in Arizona, the gargantuan leap that some people want slash expect them to take, they will take if they shoot like that. Right, and I put the Jazz in that category. It's just a question of, of those teams in that category. Who's going to do it to the best of their ability to be able to get to the third round, to get to the second round, places that... Uh, some of these teams haven't been in a good while. Jazz are now three and zero at home. Jazz, or excuse me, Jazz are now three and zero on the road. They are one and two at home. So if you're looking for what impact fans can have as far as home court advantage, that's a small sample size, but it does jump out at you. I want to see the players have an impact uh, rather than putting it on the fans. 
Jazz are at Brooklyn tomorrow. That is their next game. Off today at Brooklyn tomorrow. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Curry steps in. Leads in. One-hander up and good. Just off balance. Throws it up. It's good. He's got 50. Wiggins gets it over to Draymond Green. Look at Curry run. Yep. Hand off Curry. Takes another three. It's up and good. He hit it with a guy in front of him and a guy behind him. He's got 62. A career-high 62 for Steph Curry. The Warriors get the victory. And even their record, they uh, beat the Blazers 137 to 122, the final. And the Warriors, after a rocky start, have now leveled things out at 3 and 3. All right. Clippers beat the Suns. Everybody in the West has two losses now 112, 107. Paul George, tantalizing. We all know about the nightmares he has. And then he has a game like this, and you're convinced, no, he really could do it. Well,. Paul George plays in Los Angeles, not too far from Chavez Ravine, Dodger Stadium. And right now, he's the Clayton Kershaw of the NBA. I mean, just a great, great player. Has all the skills, all the talents. But you get in the postseason, he stumbled. Kershaw was better this year, obviously, and the Dodgers won the World Series. Can Paul George do what he's doing right now? Because he's off to an incredible start. I mean, to the way he's playing... And it's just a handful of games, obviously, so it doesn't really matter. But he is seriously in the MVP discussion. He's just playing brilliantly. And you look at him, man, he can run, he can jump, he's got size. and Really, he just has everything that he needs, but he's got to do it in the postseason. There's no question he can do it in the regular season. Lakers beat the Grizzlies 108-94. And so the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns, all 5-2 and two tied for the best record in the West. Jazz are 4-2, a half game back. Uh, nothing really surprising about the Lakers. Just kind of go out there and knock knock another one out. LeBron, a couple couple assists off a triple-double. Well, yeah, if the Grizzlies aren't going to have um, Rant, they're probably their best player. I think they're going to be struggling, struggling to win against the Lakers. Nuggets beat the Timberwolves 124-109. to Denver's been off to a bad start, but that gets them to 2-4 uh, and four as they pick up a win and stop a slide there. Clippers staff members in quarantine away from the team after positive test and contact tracing led back to a New Year's Eve staff gathering with food and drinks in the presidential suite of a Salt Lake City team hotel. I think we refer to it as the Grand America. <laughs> presidential suite, PK. That must be good living up there. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've ever... Well, I have been to the Grand America for some work, but I've never been in the presidential suite. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is just something that I... I don't understand. I mean, how close were they? I mean, we, they play games. Like last night, Joe Ingles is face-to-face with Patty Mills. Ingles has a mask on. Mills doesn't. I don't understand all this stuff. <laughs> was Mills just coming off the court and Joe had been on the bench? The game was over. Right, but if he hadn't gone to the bench to get one yet. Of course, it's to your point. That difference? doesn't matter medically. <laughs> the virus is, oh, he's been on the court. I mean, I realize the virus, you're immune to it if you're protesting. We understand that, and that's okay. You can <laughs> no, gather not. and do that no, and loot. Not. That's fine to do that. I mean, that doesn't. Uh, we don't get near the blowback on that stuff. The whole point is, I just, I just don't understand any of this stuff. Paul Westfall, Hall of Fame guard, also a good coach, uh, college level at Grand Canyon and Pepperdine, at the pro level with the Suns and the Kings, won an NBA championship as a player with the Celtics. 
was an excellent player at USC, although his teams got overshadowed by UCLA because in those days only one team could go to the NCAA tournament, and they literally had a two-loss season, both losses to UCLA, like 24-2, and they don't go to the NCAA tournament. Three-time All-NBA first-team selection, just an incredible basketball career. He passes away at the age of 70. The Suns announced that, and we'd heard about him being treated for brain cancer. So that's one of the great ones. That's an incredible career for Paul Westfall. Well, Paul Westfall was one of my childhood heroes because, you know, I moved to Phoenix, and he gets there, and then he I, – I, I mimicked when I played pickup ball. I literally tried to mimic what he did. I loved watching him. I wasn't this hardcore Suns fan, but I certainly watched a ton of Suns. Like I, when I lived in Jersey, I watched a ton of Knicks. I watched a ton of sports. Uh, and I watched him play, and I was always mesmerized by him. Then I get a job out of college a couple years later, and I go over to South Bay in the L.A. area. And Paul Westfall is king there because he went to Aviation High School, mm-hmm. which is right in the heart there. Now, that high school is actually closed down now. Uh, it, they use it for some uh, Civic Center stuff, and there's a track there. It's right. Uh, it's a it's a big uh, uh, focal point of the community where it is. And he led the team in scoring. He's the all-time leading scorer. Then I have an opportunity to interview him. I probably interviewed him about ten times, and always just so gracious. A couple of days after the uh, Rodney King riots, I was uh, I wanted to go play golf. Uh, just, needed to get some kind of recreation so i go to long beach and uh one of the courses there and uh right there on the tee when i'm teeing up is paul westfall is with a guy named dana pageant who was a basketball guy in the south bay too so played a little golf with paul uh he they the two of them were just walking and they were doing the same thing trying to get away from it and just at age 70 wow you know that's very young but he truly was a legend in a lot of people's lives including mine when i was in the i want to say the summer between ninth and 10th grade he would have been pretty pretty well into if not late into his nba career at that point but he there was a summer league um up at Torrey Pines High, so I don't know, 12 teams in it or whatever. And so they bring us all together. It was almost like a camp. It wasn't, uh, but for this one time it was because somebody arranged a Paul Westfall appearance. And so he does his whole clinic thing, right? And we're all hanging on every word because he's a five-time All-Star. We all know who this guy is. And he's playing horse, right, with a couple of guys. And he spots them like H-O-R, and then he's crushing them. And to put the end on the game, PK... He grabs the ball, he goes to the corner, and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dribble the baseline, I'm going to rise up with two hands, I'm going to touch the ball on the side of the backboard. I'm going to come down, I'm going to touch it to the tip of my shoe. By then I'm going to be on the other side of the hoop. I'm going to throw it off the backboard, but not inside the box. If it's in the box, it doesn't count. It's going to be on the edge of the backboard, and I'm going to make it. And so he does all this, he drives, he touches the backboard, he touches the shoe, he soars to the other side, he puts it up with a ton of spin, just a ton of English on it, and he just barely put on the edge of the backboard, and things spun, and it went around the rim like three or four times, then it spun and twirled like a globetrotter on a finger on the front of the rim, and then two more times around it goes in. I'm telling you, there were a bunch of teenagers who erupted. Like, you're no longer a five-time All-Star, you're now a 50-time All-Star, that was the greatest thing we've ever seen. Paul Westfall knew how to put on a show. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. I thought our defense was really good. This this is a 
I don't know if I've ever been involved with a game that the score doesn't indicate what type of game it was, but we've got a big week ahead of us to try to shore up some offense. I've been really pleased with our defense. If you look at the Mobley brothers, you know, with the exception of the dunk at the end, they would have had three points between us, between them. So our guys are buying into some things defensively and, and our offense is behind our defense right now. So that's going to be a challenge for us and look forward to jumping into it this week. Larry Kristoviak trying to stay very positive and upbeat with a group that's got to be a little beaten down. 12 straight conference road losses and uh, now 1-2 and two in league. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, had a chance there at the end of the UCLA game and didn't get a shot off. The last four seconds are total head-scratcher there. They lose 72-70. to 70. And then USC... Get outscored 20 to 4 in the first seven minutes and then get outscored 20 to 6 to end the game with like one basket in the last nine minutes. Uh, four for 30 shooting in the second half. It was very complimentary of their defense and 64 points. That's a pretty good number, but man, 46, or you're nowhere near winning. They got two scorers, PK, and if they're off, they don't really see a third guy, other options, the way we talk about with the Jazz, which is little apples and oranges, obviously. But two guys they count on, and if they're off, then you end up going four for 30. Yeah, he's in spin mode. All that matters is did you win or lose. I mean, we've been dealing with this for five years now. Did you win? Did you lose? And they haven't won nearly enough. And you can tell me all about this and that, but the final score is what you're being judged on. You're to the point now, this far along into the program, where it's just about winning and losing, and they're not winning enough. So other than that, it's all just a bunch of background noise. Craig Smith and the Aggies are winning. They sweep Air Force. They are now 4-0 in the league. And, of course, they played San Jose State and Air Force, who are certainly bottom half, maybe even bottom third of the league. Who knows? Maybe they'll actually be the bottom two teams in the league. But uh, 83-48, 72-53, you got to play everybody in the league. So they're the bottom of the league. Beat them soundly and... They beat them soundly twice. They did. BYU not only didn't play Pepperdine in San Diego, COVID concerns for both of those programs didn't even get there, PK. Flight got turned around to Pepperdine, and then San Diego, there was no point even taking off. They knew before they left. Right on. Missed opportunity there in Malibu and San Diego. Weaver State beat UVU in Ogden 70-62, to and uh, BYU basketball coach, former basketball coach Dave Rose, Suffered a stroke on New Year's Eve and was hospitalized. Now, we we told his condition's been stabilized. And, of course, he had pancreatic cancer and he survived a heart attack. This is a 63-year-old guy and has just had all kinds of health concerns, PK. Uh, Obviously, our thoughts with him and obviously this is a hard thing to deal with. Yeah, it's really just so unfortunate. You know, he beat the pancreatic cancer, which has been over 10 years now. But last year, the heart attack, now this. Uh, you know, I love the guy. I've known him for a long time. Uh, I was asked by some folks, they're putting together some videos, and, and I was asked to do one. I was honored that I was asked to do one to try to lift his spirits a little bit, so I willingly did it. Uh, did it on Saturday and, and sent it over there to the folks who were putting it together. And, and yeah, I mean, I really just hope he can recover. And I believe in my heart that if anybody can do it, it's Dave Rose because this guy has battled every step of the way. Nothing was given to him. He didn't have a name. He wasn't some coach's son, any of that stuff. Everything he accomplished, it was through his own hard work. Absolute junior college coach for a number of years. We know the story. He's a battler. So I have confidence that if it can be done, Dave Rose is the man to do it. Best wishes to he and his family, all the friends who are pulling for him now. DJ and PK.
Hashtag NFL. Here's the snap. Brady looking, 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 flushed, looking. Throws a ball. Wide open receiver. It's caught by Antonio Brown. Brown will score a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tannehill takes the snap. Gives Henry. Henry charging forward for five yards and a first down at 2,000. History for the King. Yes, I was coaching and we had to win. Uh, yes, that was my decision solely. Nate has uh, obviously been here for four years. He deserved an opportunity to uh, to get some to get some snaps. Twelve thousand are going crazy inside First Energy Stadium, and wherever you are, this is starting to become very, very real that the Browns are going to go to the playoff. They're in victory formation, and Baker Mayfield takes a knee, and the clock will wind down. Story. The Browns will get their 11th win of the year. They'll go to 11 and 5, and they're going to the playoffs. Highlights from the final Sunday in the NFL. The playoffs are set. That's the Cleveland Browns getting in for the first time since 2002. Longest playoff drought in the NFL. And the Tampa Bay Bucks had the second longest, and they're in the playoffs as well. Now the Jets have gone 10 years without going. That's now the streak. Uh, PK, there are a couple of trends. Number one, we always hear it's a quarterback-driven league. And some of the best quarterbacks, not only putting up big numbers, but with games on the line, games you thought they were going to win and maybe they weren't going to win, they were in trouble in the final five minutes, uh, they all went nuts. Uh, The fourth quarter, the Seahawks were down by 10, and they scored three touchdowns. They did get a short field after a turnover, but Russell Wilson... Down 16-6, escaping from a sack, running around, and then throwing a dart into the end zone for a touchdown. That was the thing of beauty. Uh, Brady and the Bucks blew a big lead and were in a three-point game, and he threw two late touchdown passes. Uh, and the Packers were in a five-point game with the Bears. And Rodgers throws a late touchdown pass, and they get a turnover and another score. Man, quarterbacks, tons of experience, and in the biggest moments, uh, just blowing games wide open. Don't have to sweat it out. Yeah, and now it's on to the postseason. The NFL postseason is always massive and monumental. And I went back and looked yesterday, and it was out there on social media. All the naysayers who said they couldn't do it, and the NFL got its season in. Congratulations. Now, it wasn't easy. It wasn't perfect. There's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of things that were jacked up about it. We know (laughs) about that. But they still got 17 weeks with the buys. They have 17 and play 16, as we know. And congratulations to them, to, to, which I think is what the colleges should have tried to do, to just power through it. And, yeah, recognizing that there's going to be a lot of screw-ups and screwy situations and all that stuff. And, but they got it done, and I'm happy for them. Tuesday and Wednesday games and games where the Broncos didn't have quarterbacks, other teams, uh, the Browns didn't have wide receivers, somebody else didn't have running backs for a game. Saints. Uh, oh, the Saints. Yeah, there are a lot of weird games. Um you know, and we talk about quarterbacks blowing the thing uh, wide open, but the running game reared its head yesterday. The Ravens are in the playoffs. They ran for 404 yards. That is an enormous number. I mean, 300 is a, just a huge day running the ball. 400 yards? I mean, I know yeah. the Bengals are out of it, but good grief. And Derrick Henry, a 250-yard game to put the Titans in, and they needed everything. I mean, they, they're winning the division on a field goal. The banks off the upright as time runs out. So, uh, big game, big game for Henry there.
All right, Black Monday, time for the coaches to get fired. Who's out? Well, Gaze didn't even make it to Monday. They fired him Sunday night. 9-23 and with the Jets, 2-14 and this year. Uh, so he's first, but uh, who else? You figure there'll be more. But where will it be? Uh, Jacksonville could change coaches. Um, Urban Meyer, man. Yeah, Urban allegedly putting his staff together as if it's a done deal. I believe he'll be successful. I don't believe that that... Oh, he just needed to coach younger men and have control over them. No, he can have control. He can go to the Senior Citizens Club and coach the Huntsman games. He's going to have figure control out, over them. Figure yeah. out the psychology of all and separate himself from Saban? I, I never believed in that stuff to where you're only a college coach. You may be better suited. I can buy that. But I believe that if you're good, you're good. And I, I believe like a, a great high school coach can coach at the college level. Doesn't mean that they're they're going to be successful, but I believe they can do it. So uh, see that happening there. Uh, yeah, well, all the teams that were disappointing this season, I mean, it, you don't have to go like a Gase, which was just beyond <laughs> disappointing. I mean, it was just awful. Uh, but I think that you can win some ball games and still be fired, I and mean, they do that. And uh, buyouts and whatnot, none of that stuff matters. We'll get to it here with college football in a second. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Hand off to Harris around the right side across the 35. Leaves the defender at the 45. Running down the near sideline, 30, 25, 20. And run out of bounds inside the Fighting Irish 20-yard line. He jumped over Nick McLeod, kept his feet, and went on a sprint down the near sideline for 53 yards. Fields from his 36, cranks and fires deep. Down the left side, inside the 10, Olave got it for a score. Chris Olave runs under a deep ball and hauls in a touchdown pass from Justin Fields, a 56-yard scoring strike. And Ohio State's lead is increased by six more points to 41-21 over Clemson. Blowouts, Bama and Ohio State onto the college football playoff championship game. That's a week from today. Uh, you find anything fascinating about either one of those games, or are we off to the Jazz and let them have their blowouts? Uh, I was impressed with Ohio State's offense. Uh, Fields hadn't been playing well, and he played extremely well. Olave is their best receiver, and Clemson seemed to allow him to get over, open, I should say, uh, many times over. And uh, so I was a little bit surprised that it was that relatively easy for those guys. Nothing that Alabama does surprises me at this point. And Nick continuing to play for the cameras, you know, draw personal fouls and all this stuff because he's coaching right to the bitter end. And you send your son here and this is what you'll get. You'll get him not only prepared for football, but prepared for life. The guy's a genius at that. Mm. Uh, And so they do what they do. And... uh, I don't really consider this a true title season in the way that it has been in other years when Ohio State's only playing seven, eight games. But nevertheless, this is what we've got. Yeah, and I think we've seen that, uh, you know, the baseball scene was weird, but it was the Dodgers and, and they'd been in the, you know, in position to win it in the World Series a couple times. So nobody really wanted to put an asterisk on it. And same with LeBron and the Lakers. And it's Alabama and Ohio State. It's yeah, it's the difference being it. with Ohio State didn't play the same. They didn't play by the same rules. Yeah. In baseball, they basically did. 
Texas fired Tom Herman Saturday morning. I know money's tight, PK, and programs have to be cut. But, man, when you need $15 million to buy out a coach for the last three years of his deal, Texas came up with it, no problem. Herman's out. Steve Sarkeesian, the former BYU quarterback, currently Alabama offensive coordinator, and we know he's been head coach at USC in Washington. He's in the NFL. He's the Falcons offensive coordinator for two years. It didn't go well, but he's got that experience. And now he's the guy, and he's still only 46 years old. He's had, like, three careers already. Uh, yeah, it seems like they're rearranging the chairs there on that. I mean, Sarkeesian's a nice guy and all that, uh, but is he going to be the difference maker? I thought Tom Herman was. I thought, uh, who was the other guy? Stubbs? Uh, all those guys. I thought they were going to be. So, same old thing with coaching hires. Uh, it's a wait-and-see approach. But the money, uh, the, the money to me never really was an issue. They're going to do it, and I don't care what situation we're going to be in. The intoxication of winning means everything, and you'll do whatever it takes to get there, a lot of these programs. Kellen Moore staying with the Cowboys. Uh, He had been one of the finalists for the Boise State job, but he's not going there. And BYU quarterback Zach Wilson announced he will enter the NFL draft over the weekend, which we all assumed he was going to do, and now he's on his way. Of course he's going to do that. And then Pete Thamel is reporting that uh, Baylor – He's expected to finalize a deal with uh, BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Crimes today. And so that he'll go down there and be uh, Aranda's, uh, what, his offensive coordinator for Baylor. Well, that'll be good for him. Congrats to him. Power five money. That ought to be, that ought to be a good deal. Yeah. And that's and I would assume that, A-Rod uh, to take over. That, yeah, because he was, had a significant role there. So he would just do that. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up this morning, Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter, is going to join us at 8.30. Uh, coaching changes and looking ahead to the playoffs with Jason Cole. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9.05. Time now to welcome in Matt Harrison from the Lone Depot. And Matt is here to talk about reverse mortgages. And Matt, you better start at the very beginning. What's a reverse mortgage and how does it work? <laughs> well, Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Hey, you know, reverse mortgages at the very, very beginning. I mean, this is a program that has uh, kind of been talked about. Um, but, you know, as far as the information out there, it's, it's really unknown. And there's been a lot of changes to it in the past uh, three years. And But basically, reverse mortgage is a way for homeowners that are 62 or better to access equity in their home. So they can purchase a new home that better fits their needs or, you know, be able to, you know, draw on funds, you know, that are available in the home that they have. So how do people qualify? There's some basic rules. Yeah. So uh, first off, you got to you know be at least 62 or better, um, and if you're married, at least one of you has to be 62. Uh, the property has to meet FHA guidelines. Um, you know, so it's it's got to be you know up to snuff. Uh, you know, the other pieces to it. You know, you've got to have uh, you know an equity position in your home. And a lot of people ask, you know, well, Matt, how how much equity do I need to have? You know, and uh, generally, the easy answer to that is if you can look at the, the, the position between what your current mortgage is and, you know, the current value of the home, and you've got at least 50% there, it's worth talking. And, and we can kind of go through and see, you know, what it is. But the whole idea about a reverse is that you can 
uh, avoid having to make principal and interest payments. Um, those go away. So that increases your cash flow, puts you in a better spot financially that way. Um, there's a lot of great features to it that allow for lines of credit to be you know, available to you as well. And, you know, it really does give homeowners uh, that are 62 plus the ability to um, live life a little better, um, you know, draw in a little more funds that they may not have access to normally. So how do they get a hold of you if they uh, heard this and they have more questions? A phone number, a website, what's best? Yeah, perfect. So they can reach me. Uh, my website is reverseourhome.com, or they can reach me on my cell phone. It's 801-330-2200. All right, Matt Harrison, Loan Depot. Matt, thank you very much. Okay, appreciate you. Matt Harrison, Loan Consultant, NMLS ID 1425580, Union Park Center, South Suite 625, Cottonwood Heights, Utah 84047, LoanDepot.com, LLC, NMLS ID 174457, licensed as a DRE mortgage entity number 8144239, equal housing opportunity lender. A reverse mortgage loan is a loan and may result in negative equity. The loan must be paid off when the last borrower or eligible non-borrowing survivor spouse dies, sells the home, permanently moves out, or does not comply with the loan's terms. Materials are not from HUD or FHA and were not approved by HUD, FHA, or a government agency. If you're in any doubt as to the suitability of a product or service that you are intending to purchase or any aspect of your personal finances, we recommend that you seek independent financial advice first. Rates, terms, and availability programs are subject to change without notice. Call Reverse Mortgage Counselor near you. Call 1-800-569-4287. Let's go! The Big Show. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. It's our friend Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. It was obviously a short offseason for everybody, and the Jazz were not part of a lot of the bigger moves, but I mean, the most important one is just getting Bogdanovich back and get Conley a little bit more comfortable. Mitchell taking another step forward. I mean, we know who the Jazz are. We know what their identity is about. For them, it's just about getting back to what they hoped they would be and were in flashes last season. I think it's can you wring the most out of this group that's possible and get some growth around around the edges because the landscape in the Western Conference is just brutal and unforgiving. It's almost like you're just trying to keep up right now. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ PK in the morning, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Question of the morning. Up on our Facebook page, the Jazz start the seven-game road trip by crushing the Spurs. What is going to happen the rest of the trip? How in the world are we supposed to know that, PK? This is not playing out anything like it's supposed to play out on paper. They've, they played great against the Blazers in Portland and came home and lost to the Timberwolves and looked terrible. If they play well... They'll win. They got a lot of talent, but on any given night, I don't know what to expect out of them. A couple times I thought they were going to do well. They got beat, and I thought they played great against the Clippers and Blazers, so it's not like they suck because, man, if you beat those two teams, especially the way they won in Portland, you obviously got something. It's just uh, it's a roller coaster ride. Well, and that's not good. That's a negative mark on the team. If you don't know what to expect, then you're not very good because consistency is greatness. In the NBA, when you play a bunch of games like this, it's all about consistency. Though the great ones, you know, you're not going to do it every night. We understand that. Uh, But if you don't know what to expect, then that's not very good. I believe that we will get consistency, and we will find a level there that will indicate that they are very good. You have your doubts. I was sure when I sat down to watch them play Minnesota that they were going to look great, and they looked awful. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You already did. Yeah. 
Brooklyn, New York, Milwaukee, Detroit, Cleveland, Washington on paper. Uh, four and two, I think, would be the way to go. Now, are they really going to pull that off? Are they going four and two through the first six? And if they end up winning two out of three, that's, well, in a full season, that'd be a 55-win pace. It wouldn't be this year. It'd be well over what Vegas has predicted for them. But I would take that right now. I would sign off on four and two. Uh, do you want to roll the dice and do better than that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I never concede. I don't concede for one second. Once you concede, then you have no chance. Concession is uh, someplace I go to get food, not anything I do when it comes to my athletic competition. So, no, I'm not going to concede anything. And if this team is conceding, which I don't think they are, but if you do, then that's not near good enough. No. I mean, you're not going to win every game. That's just the way it is. Everyone understands that. But, uh, you know, you look at uh, the Brooklyn game, you – or I assume you flew today. I don't know. Maybe you flew last night. I don't know what the, all the rules and regulations are now. Uh, but obviously you would be in the hotel today, be able to be rested all day today and all day tomorrow. So I think that's important. The Knicks are a better team. Uh, that's a great back-to-back. I mean, it's just literally a few miles apart. I doubt you're even going to change hotels. There would be no reason to. So should be able to get to bed at a fair amount, fair, fairly good time uh, tomorrow night. So you have an opportunity there. Uh, same type of principle with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's trying to find itself. Uh, I just, you know, Giannis is a great player, and Middleton can do stuff for you, and they've got other, a couple other guys. But I just don't see them as an unbeatable, dominant team. And I don't care what their record is. It just, obviously, to me, that's that, that's... Uh, games that are winnable. Same thing with Detroit. Clearly, Cleveland. I like what Cleveland's doing. Their their young guards, uh, Sexton and Garland, are really good, and they've been playing Exum like at a small forward type of situation, and not having him shoot that much. And he can't shoot, so that's a, a nice uh, situation for them. Those two guards. You know, Cleveland doesn't get any run now that LeBron has left, <laughs> but. Those two guards, I, I think, uh, are, are really good. I mean, I, they're not to the level of like a McCollum and a Lillard, but they're, they're very much, they're younger, they're way younger, so they can't be to that level yet. They don't have the experience, but watch out for them. And Washington, and I watched the, the end of that game last night a little bit, and they beat Brooklyn, so that's a wild card right there. Uh, but I suspect, you know, the thing that I want to see is I can, when I say I don't concede, I really believe that. But at the same time, uh, not all losses are created equal. Ultimately, they are in the standings. But as you say, that Minnesota game was just awful. So you can lose a ball game. I can live with losing. But I have a hard time living with that Minnesota loss and the complexion of that game. So with everything you say, then, I'm a little surprised you don't sign off on 4-2 and two as a good trip. I mean, they've already beaten San Antonio, yeah, so that trip. would mean 5-2. and two. But I don't sign off on it. Because they I might go 6-1 and one or 7-0. and oh. You asked me two different things now. You, you didn't ask me, do I sign off on it? You asked me, will I uh, accept that going into it? No, I want to accept it after the fact. And I want to see the complexion of the games. 
because if you go and have this sort of maddening inconsistency, that's going to bother me. Now, even in those two games that they lost at home to the Suns and Minnesota, they were wildly inconsistent within the framework of those games. Yes. You know, they had just tremendous comebacks. Uh, so let's find a level of consistency. That is where greatness is discovered and found. You know, we talk about letter carrier, unbelievable consistency for so many years. And the organization during the statues run had a phenomenal level of consistency. And, and I would say that led, I don't have any problems saying greatness. I realize they did not win the title. That'll never change, but they still had some serious greatness along the way. And you knew what you were going to get. Not going to get it all the time. Although gosh, Malone darn near did believe me. I cashed in my fantasy daily breeze <laughs> league drafting Malone every year. People would they go with Shaq and Robinson and whatnot. Nope. If I picked high enough, it was always Malone. Because guy was there, 82. You could just count on it, man. Put it in pen. And I suspect that the Jazz will get to that level. I'm not at all alarmed that they're not at that level now. Because I wouldn't want them to be playing their best basketball in the first two or three weeks of the season anyway. I think they've been at a pretty good level the last two games. I've liked that. The three before that. Now they, as you point out, they did have the comebacks, you know, and, and played well for a stretch late in the game as they tried to salvage the Minnesota game and they tried to salvage the Suns game and they did salvage the Oklahoma City game. I took the, I thought they looked bad in stretches in that game, although they were able to win it. Uh huh. Um, if if they play like they did against the Clippers and Spurs, this ought to be a good trip. Uh, after the. Um, after the Spurs game, the quote from Quinn Snyder, something about us being present in all four quarters. Yeah, uh, basically, sure. we didn't take time off. You know, We didn't take a nap in here at any point. Right. And after the right. Oklahoma City win, he was irritated. I mean, he said all the right things, but his body language, even with the mask hiding half his face, his body language, he was irritated. He didn't like what he'd seen. You know, they're better than that. Well, yeah, because it had been a little bit of inconsistency there. And they're not going to shoot the ball at a high level all the time. But there's things that can be done to allow you to overcome that a little bit. You know, if, if uh, Bogdanovich is going three for 15, it's going to be hard to win. It's not going to be impossible, but it's going to be harder to win. And then the same thing with Mitchell. And their shots have been a little bit off, which really hasn't alarmed me to that degree because those guys are proven products. But as I look at it, uh, from a, a positive standpoint. We talked about this on television. You know, if we get Joe on, I don't know what's going to happen here with him coming on this season. But if we do, I'm going to tell him, Joe, I'm not going to tell you to shoot anymore. I would rather get my teeth pulled than with no Novocaine than to tell you to shoot more, right? I mean, we've been down that road for seven, eight years. It's he, that That is what it is there. But I want him involved in the offense. And it doesn't even have to necessarily reflect in the box score because you could have that so-called hockey assist where he has the pass that leads to the pass that leads to the assist. But I think it's really important for him to be involved in the offense. And I think we're seeing more about that with that. And scoring, yeah, okay, that's reflective. But uh, the game before last, man, what did he have? Like 11, 12, maybe in 13 points, but seven assists, six boards, that type of thing. That's what he's capable of doing. 
You know, he's, to me, we don't really have what we call small forwards now as we did in the 80s and 90s. You know, there was those defined five positions. Uh, but if you if you slot him in according to his height, he's got to be one of the best passing small forwards that we've ever seen. Maybe in the league, certainly for the Jazz. And I want him incorporating in that. And and the same thing with Favors had a nice game a couple of games to go a, a couple of games ago. So they that that's ways to overcome lack of perimeter shooting. Now, if you've got the perimeter perimeter shooting with the threes, obviously, then it is really just going to be tough for them to lose. It's going to be tough for other teams to beat them. I think the thing that uh, I don't want to hear after a game, well, what I, the combination that I don't want to see in here, you see these games, and yes, they did struggle to shoot in some of these games, and no, they did not struggle to shoot at all against the Spurs, but in the Minnesota-Oklahoma City-Phoenix games, and they didn't look as good, they had a lot of turnovers. And not just throwing the ball out of bounds where they have a chance to set the defense or traveling or whatever. They were turning the ball over above the free throw line, and it's just layups and dunks going the other way. No contest, easy buckets. And Locke's giving us all the numbers on how awful that is and how it kills your winning percentage. But to A, see the turnovers, and then B, hear players or Quinn Snyder afterwards talk about issues with spacing. And that's when Quinn's jaw starts to get tight, and you can just see the veins start to pop out in his forehead. Because, like, we've been over this. The guys know where they're supposed to be. And when they're not in the wrong spot... When they're not in the right spot, it drives them nuts, and it leads to these turnovers and easy fast breaks. So if they shoot the ball okay and the other team shoots the ball great and they lose the game, that's the kind of loss you're talking about with you don't like it, but you know it's coming over the course of a 72-game season, and you just live with it and you get on with it. But if you have 22 turnovers and it's because the spacing's wrong and guys are standing in the wrong spot, that just can't happen. That, that can't be the reason they lose the game. And I don't think it will be. I'm more encouraged with this team going forward than I was at the start of the season here. How this come? Is ve- this is a veteran ball club, and but- veterans are the things that win in this league. Really, veterans uh, to a large degree or a- any league, you know what I mean? So that's this is a veteran ball club. You're not putting any. I mean, yo, uh, Azubuke comes out and gets a dunk, and everybody goes crazy. Well, so far, what's he had? Two dunks, and they've both been in garbage time. And so that's where he's going to be. And when the G League gets going, you know, he'll get some opportunities. And we'll see you down the road there, hopefully, for that young man. And same thing for Hughes and all the other players in the league who are going through this right now. Veterans win. There's no doubt about it. And this, this is as veteran a ball club as any team in the West, is it not? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think anyone stri- strikes me as m- more veteran, veteran uh, Experienced. Yeah, more experienced. I mean, they're right there. I mean, if, if we go through it and do the math, there may be somebody where the number's a little more, but, you know, Donovan's the young guy who's playing big minutes, right? And he's really good. And then you get past him, and guys are either in their prime or they're into, into their 30s in the case of, you know, Conley and Joe. Right. Well, Mitchell is sort of like Russell Wilson in that, not Russell Wilson now, but Russell Wilson Wilson a few years ago. He was still young, but he had a ton of experience because he played a ton early. That's what you have in Mitchell. And I think veterans win in this league. And I'm expecting this this team to contend 
certainly, as Mitchell said, to win a playoff series, and then we'll see beyond that. You know, what are the matchups? Because if you run into the Lakers against the second round, it may be very difficult. But to me, this team certainly has enough ability to win at one playoff series, see what the matchup is in the second round, and go from there. All right, DJ and PK. PK had a little uh, breaking news for us about BYU at the end of what is trending. Now there's more speculation following that. Uh, we will get to that and the BYU question of the day that's up on our website as or up on our uh, Facebook page, DJ and PK as well. We'll get to all of that next, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. This story is crazy about becoming an ultimate Aggie, which apparently is getting up on that bull naked. What bull is it? Is it the one that's by the Estes Center? Isn't that bull like bucking? I'm just wondering how five nude men could fit on that. <laughs> it's a big bull. Five nude men could fit on I, that? Five smaller men, yeah, probably <laughs> can make that work. There you go. That's the size of the thing right there. Okay, it's not bucking. You could probably fit upwards of ten naked men on that. So in order for you to be the ultimate Aggie, you have to be naked? Yes. I did not know that this was a thing. See, I would think if you were going to be an ultimate Aggie, that it needs to be solo. Because these five were not solo. And that's where a lot of guys up at Utah State are like, hey, maybe <laughs> dial that down a little bit. <laughs> Easy. One ultimate Aggie at a time. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Forecasts are predicting a harsh winter this year. Consider eliminating cold spots from your home with the Carrier Ductless System. As the name suggests, ductless systems give you control of your home's comfort without invasive ductwork, focusing on those hard-to-reach spaces that need it most. Don't let harsh winter weather push you around in your own home. Bring home versatile and efficient heating that's easier to install than standard ducted systems. Carrier Ductless. Visit Carrier.com for more. Carrier. Turn to the experts. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It was about 20 minutes ago, PK was telling us about Jeff Grimes. Is it done, PK, or is it in the highly rumored and probably going to get uh, done Well, stage? the reports are that it's done, yeah. Okay. It makes sense. He's a Texas guy. He was born there. He played his college ball at UTEP. He's been around. He's Johnny Cash when it comes to coaching. Great guy. We all love him. Uh, very media savvy and friendly. And now he has the opportunity, I assume, to get a raise there. Go home to his home state, obviously. And uh, a job well done. They brought him in here to resurrect the offense. When he got here, the offense was putrid. And when he leaves, the offense was sterling. Now, a lot of that is because Zach Wilson was incredible, obviously. But the good thing about it is that they've had some consistency. And so you got Fessy Sataki, Steve Clark, you've got uh, Aaron Roderick. Those guys have been in the program for a few years now. You're skipping the one name I wanted to get to. Go ahead. Eric Mateos, what happens there? Because we know the O-line's been good. I mean, it's great to have Zach Wilson, but it's really good to have Zach Wilson not have grass stains on the back of his jersey because he's been getting uh, yeah, knocked all over the place. I, yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't, nothing against Eric Mateos, but I, I just don't think he's irreplaceable. Well, the thing is you got someone inside the program with Grimes uh, with A-Rod, and so, you know, two guys, one brain, one A and one B and whatever. And the O-line, which used to be great, and then wasn't for a good decade or more, is now got NFL prospects along the way. And maybe that's just recruiting and Eric Mateos was in the right place at the wrong time, or right, right place at the right time. Or is he coaching him up and he's going to be hard to replace? And the O-line's going to go back to what it was. Well, when you go 11-1, and one, everything is going well. So uh, 
sure he's coaching him up. I'm not going to discredit him either, but I'm not going to build him up like he's the only guy in the world who can coach this offense. If he goes, he goes. That's just the way of the world here. Especially when Power 5 teams have Power 5 money and can spread it around. Because assistant coaches, that's a, it's a year-to-year existence, so you got to cash in when you get the chance. Well, anytime you're hiring someone who's not from here and he's not LDS, you have to figure he's a short-timer. You know that going in, right? I would think that uh, that's just a fact of life there. You know, if you get somebody like Ed Lamb who played his ball here, Guilford played his ball here, I don't think those guys are LDS. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter to me if they are or they aren't. Uh, but the uh, issue is that they knew what they were getting into. I mean, they chose to play ball. They've already lived in the community, so they are a part of the community, and maybe that would matter something more. At the same time, maybe not, too. I mean, it didn't matter to Matt Wells once uh, Texas Tech came calling with the big cash, right? <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter to Brian Harson uh, once Auburn came calling, uh, that's, right? That's a Boise so, guy through and through there. Yeah, so that that's going to happen too. There's most jobs are stepping stones when you think about it. Well, by definition, they have to be right. If there's a hundred jobs and there's a best one, well, and then the other ones start looking like stepping stones. Well, I don't think that there's only a singular best I'd agree, one. I'd agree with that, but there's still probably a top ten or top twenty. That doesn't mean that everybody is going to leave. I mean, obviously, Kyle Whittingham did not leave, and Urban Meyer did leave. Urban Meyer was out the door the second he got in the door. <laughs> But Kyle Whittingham, we know, has had multiple opportunities, and he obviously hasn't chosen to pursue them, and now all of us would be shocked beyond belief if he were to step aside and go coach someplace else. Uh, at, uh, what is he, just turned 61 in November? It looks like that when he hangs it up, that's going to be it. Uh, so, and he well, he's a Utah guy, not a U of U guy, but the state of Utah, obviously. So, and th- that's the old Chris Hill thing line. You know, you want your coaches to be pursued. And so you just you tip your hat. Grimes came in and did exactly what they asked him to do. And that's what matters the most. And then you just say, congratulations, Jeff. You are a great representative of BYU. And we wish you nothing but the best going forward. And now we talk about next man up in the player realm. Well, it's the same thing in the coaching realm. Next man up, A-Rod. Yeah. I would think, yeah. Yeah, we'd be shocked if it were anything else, right? All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Matt Harrison from The Loan Depot. He's here this morning talking reverse mortgages. Matt, good morning. Good morning, DJ, PK. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Well. Back to the back good. to the grind after holiday weekends and, you know, four-day weekends and all that kind of stuff. Looking at a five-day week, right? It's back, back to the to grind. The grind. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity to, to have a few minutes. Um, you know, reverse mortgages are something that uh, are becoming more and more mainstream, and I'm just excited to, to educate and teach people about them. Um, you know, I've got a couple of different uh, ways that they can do that, but I, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes just talking about one of the really cool features about a reverse is that you can use it to purchase a home. And you know, a lot of people really don't understand the power of, of what this does. So I want to give a little bit of an example. One of my clients that I just worked with down in St. George decided that, uh, you know, the home that he was living in was uh, actually a little bit too small for him. He wanted to, to upsize and get something a little bit bigger. 
but he didn't want to, to have a monthly payment associated with it. And so they had about $300,000 available and really couldn't find a home that was going to fit their needs. And, um, you know, they you know, were looking everywhere and, and really wanted to find something that, uh, you know, was going to be bigger. They wanted a pool. They wanted all these features to it, right? And um, what the reverse mortgage allowed them to do is use that $300,000 to purchase a home that was in the $600,000 range and still not have to have that principal and interest payment. Now, with a reverse, there are some things that you need to do. You need to continue to pay your property taxes and your insurance. Uh, you've got to maintain the property and it has to be a primary residence. Um, but in essence, they're able to have the home that they need and wanted without having that monthly payment. So there are a few uh, baseline things people need to do. Can you kind of run through those as far as age and the primary residence and all that? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing, you, you have to qualify. In order to do that, at least one of the borrowers has to be at least 62. Um, you know, the, the home itself needs to, to meet, you know, federal guidelines and, and HUD guidelines for, uh, for livability. Um, has to be a primary residence. And... Um, you know, there is, uh, along with, you know, with what we do, um, there's counseling that also comes into play as well to make sure that you understand the program, what you're doing. You still need to make your, your property taxes and insurance payments. Um, but what I've done, DJ, is I've, I've created a website that has a series of videos that goes through and educates and, and, and answers all of these questions. And, and they can go and, and see that site. It's reverseourhome.com. Again, reverse ourhome.com, or they can feel free to give me a, a call on my cell phone. It's 801-330-2200, and more than happy to go through your individual questions and, and see if this program works for you. Matt, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Matt Harrison with Loan Depot. Matt Harrison, Loan Consultant, NMLS ID 1425580, 801-330-2200, Union Park Center, South Suite 625, Cottonwood Heights, Utah 84047, LoanDepot.com, LLC, NMLS ID 174457, licensed as a DRE mortgage entity number 8144239, equal housing opportunity lender. A reverse mortgage loan is a loan and may result in negative equity. The loan must be paid off when the last borrower or eligible non-borrowing survivor spouse dies, sells the home, permanently moves out, or does not comply with the loan's terms. Materials are not from HUD or FHA and were not approved by HUD, FHA, or a government agency. If you're in any doubt as to the suitability of a product or service that you are intending to purchase or any aspect of your personal finances, we recommend that you seek independent financial advice first. Rates, terms, and availability of programs are subject to change without notice. Call Reverse Mortgage Counselor near you. Call 1-800-569-4287.